Hi everyone, you are listening to Let's Talk Trees, a podcast brought to you by Safari Craft with me, Angie Chahaningtias. Today, I have three special guests, next generation of scientists working towards a tricky act of balancing development and nature conservation. They are PhD students working with our Collins project that stands for collaborating to operationalize landscape approaches for nature, development, and sustainability. This project runs in Indonesia, Ghana, and Zambia, but today we are going to focus on what's being done in Zambia. So our first guest joining us from Zambia is Freddy Siangulube, a PhD candidate with the Amsterdam Institute for Social Science Research of the University of Amsterdam. Freddy is also a forest officer at Zambia Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. Hi, Freddy. Hi. Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity to be part of this uh, discussion today. My area of interest is to understand how mouse stakeholder platforms uh, are able to be conduits for uh, various stakeholders to discuss their uh, interests and how they can resolve their conflicts uh, in, in the management of natural resources, particularly in Zambia uh, and Kalomo landscape in particular. Thank you again for being in the podcast. Our second guest is also a PhD candidate at the same institution, Malaika Yanu. Hi, Malaika. Yeah, thank you for having me here. My research focus is more, more related to how local knowledge can contribute to implement landscape approaches in Kalobo. Very interesting. Looking forward to discuss with you in a minute. And then our last guest is Alayda O'Connor. PhD candidate based at the University of British Columbia's Department of Forests and Conservation Sciences in Vancouver, Canada. Hi, thank you for having me. So I'm interested in the social dimensions of conservation and research that explores topics such as community-based conservation, local perceptions and values, and how to include them in conservation planning and decision-making, and of course, integrated landscape approaches. Thank you. So without further ado, let's dig deep on what happens in Zambia. First of all, I'm going to go to Freddy. Um, can you explain about integrated landscape approach? What kind of beast is this? Integrated landscape approaches are not new, but rather they are a departure from um, uh, traditional novel approaches such as a sectoral approach which uh, initially focused more on one sector of the economy and operationalized at the national level. Also, it is a departure from the area-based approach, which uh, generally looks at the geographical location. Um, but for integrated landscape approach, we're talking about the context of competing uh, interests. The idea or the aim of this approach is to bring different stakeholders who register different interests and expectation in a landscape to bring them together and be able to uh, work out their synergies, work out their interests and common goals in order to achieve both a conservation and development goals. Suffice to mention that this is quite uh, important as a departure from the top-down approach, uh, which was um, not involving much of the local people in decision making. And uh, in Kalomo landscape, we have seen that this approach has been operationalized through mouse stakeholder platform. We are facilitating mouse stakeholder platform 
systems that already exist in the in the landscape to be able to use them as entry points for various stakeholders to come together, identify what are their major problems and what are the issues that they would want to, to look at. This has given the local community much voice to be heard. That was uh, initially not the case in the policy dis discourses. Thank you, Freddie. Uh, sounds very promising, but also daunting. But uh, before we go deeper on what happens in Zambia, can I go to Alaida? Uh, when we talk about landscape in this approach, how do you describe the landscape? Yeah, so in the CoLands initiative, each landscape has a defining feature. So for example, in Zambia, it is a forest reserve, in Indonesia, a watershed, and in Ghana, a wildlife corridor. Okay, so it, it really depends on the context and the situation in each um, location or countries that you're working on. Yeah, exactly. I would say in some cases, the landscape could be the size of a community or it could be a place you enjoy visiting or it could even span several countries. Thank you, Alida. So now we're going to um, explore more about what happened in Zambia. I'm going back to Freddie. You talk about the uh, different interests of the actors in Zambia. So what needs to be aligned in Zambia? And you mentioned about the Kalomo Forest Reserve. Why is it important? Kalomo landscape is quite significant because of its uh, biodiversity conservation values, as well as livelihoods. Uh, it sits on the ecotone between the forest reserve and the national park, which happens to be the largest, one of the largest national parks in Africa. And it also inhabits the Nanjila water catchment area. And the surrounding areas are quite important for the local livelihoods who are doing agriculture and forestry and other activities for their local livelihoods. The Kalomo landscape itself is composed of various uh, interest groups that uh, have got different uh, approaches to the way they do conservation and development. For instance, we're talking about forestry versus agriculture. We're talking about water versus um, cultural issues, uh, development and conservation. So all these different stakeholders with different interests, they need to come together and come up with common interest on how they can gain a win-win situation. Thank you, Freddie. So about how relevant is this approach to local communities? Does it help to bring forth the unheard voices from the communities? The, the Kalomo landscape, um, like much of uh, Zambia's landscape, is uh, managed through the dual system, that is the customary as well as the statutory. The customary is mainly uh, spearheaded by the traditional governance system, such as chiefs and headmen and the local uh, leadership at village level. So through the landscape approach, we have seen the opportunity for the government and the local communities through the uh, traditional governance system sitting together to be able to discuss issues of common concerns. Uh, the example that we have currently is uh, the encroachment of the Kalomo Hills Forest Reserve. The government through the forest department um, sought to remove people that had settled in the Kalomo Forest Reserve. This brought a lot of conflict. And this is historical because in the 1950s, when they were constructing the Kariba Dam, a lot of people migrated 
to this landscape. The traditional governance system has come in to try and resolve how this can be managed between government and the local people. And this is the opportunity that integrated landscape approach uh, seems to bring in. So most of the platforms that are coming out of this initiative is giving an opportunity for local communities to be heard mm. uh, by makers, to be heard by uh, conservation NGOs, um, by development proponents. What we are seeing is that uh, local communities, uh, the government, the traditional leaders, NGOs are able to come together and uh, discuss. I think this is a big milestone in the area that uh, has got the history of resource conflicts. Thank you, Freddie. All right, so let's go to our next questions uh, for Aleda. When discussing this integrated landscape approach, uh, what are the most important things to consider? I think the overarching question we're interested in is whether increased stakeholder collaboration will result in more equitable and sustainable use of natural resources. So as Freddie explained, bringing stakeholders together to identify a shared vision for their landscape is a key part of this process. And with this in mind, we need to ask questions like, what are the land use priorities of each stakeholder group? So are there synergies or potential entry points for collaboration? And then also, what are the prior priorities that may not align or the trade-offs that will need to be negotiated among these stakeholders? So for example, a herdsman, so someone who travels with their cattle, may prioritize shade, water, and places for their cattle to graze, whereas a tobacco or charcoal producer would likely have different priorities. So thinking about the importance of stakeholder collaboration across scales and sectors, another important question for us to explore is if existing governance structures and policies enable and encourage this type of collaboration between stakeholders. Um, and finally, I think another big question we will be figuring out is how do we monitor and evaluate the landscape approach process? And I think when we're thinking about monitoring, there are kind of two main perspectives we need to consider. First, there is what we are interested in as the CoLands team. So again, we're hoping that increased stakeholder collaboration leads to sustainable use of natural resources. So that means we're interested in monitoring things like land cover change and biodiversity. However, secondly, and I think arguably most importantly, we need to monitor and evaluate the objectives set by the stakeholders in the landscape. So these could be ecological, like monitoring soil quality to improve agriculture, or social and institutional goals, like improving communication between chiefdoms and state representatives, like the Ministry of Agriculture, the forestry department or whatever it may be. And I think this touches on a key point and that's the importance of including stakeholders in research design, implementation and ongoing monitoring and evaluation. I think often we see that research is driven by objectives set by external stakeholders or donors, whether that's a researcher or an NGO. And this can be problematic because these objectives may not really be of interest to stakeholders or relevant to the local context. And the research may just be monitoring what the project deems most important or what they consider to be a success. And I think when this happens, when we fail to consider local interests, it's less likely that the initiative 
or research is going to sustain community support and have a lasting or meaningful impact on the environment and the people who live there. So with all this said, I think it's really important that monitoring and evaluation is inclusive and ongoing. And that's something that the Colance Initiative is going to be exploring how to do. And it's, it's not something that occurs once at the beginning of the initiative and once near the end. And especially, again, with Colands, I think landscapes have a lot of different moving parts and stakeholder needs and objectives aren't static. They change over time. And that means land use priorities and the objectives that the stakeholders are interested in monitoring will likely shift. And it's important that our research, research design is flexible and reflective of the changes happening in the landscape. So I think ongoing collaborative monitoring and evaluation will achieve this. Thank you, Alida. Very interesting. So is it safe to say that what's cool about this integrated landscape approach is that um, we uh, or you as a researcher is trying to make change that comes from within the communities that you work with? Yeah, I think our goal is to have the research object objectives be driven by the local stakeholders. Thank you, Alida. So I'm going to move to Malika now. You're in the hot seat now <laughs> because yeah. we're going to talk about the uh, lessons learned. Can you tell us the challenges and the opportunities uh, given the complexity of this approach and implementation in Zambia? So we all agree that the landscape approach uh, is very context specific. So there is a variety of challenges, opportunities that they can change based on the different actors and the different landscape. And, and also, I think, to bear that in mind, because uh, landscape approach is not a panacea. So it's not something that you can apply and just spread everywhere you want, right? And also in terms of borders, Alida was mentioning, I mean, it depends on which kind of place you are, like a border can be regional, can be local, can be national. And then in, from my experience, when I was uh, with Freddie in, um, in, in Calamo, I see that from the literature also that I could uh, agree that like trust is a very main point to build, uh, to try to build up amongst the different stakeholders. And when you are building trust, I think it's very important if we're talking about from a research perspective to also try to understand um, who can uh, potentially lead the call. And I think that might come from an internal um, uh, role, an internal person, let's say, who has to lead the law. For me, like local knowledge is important in itself because you can see that can be beneficial for uh, environment and uh, and conservation, but at the same time, I think it's very important to link that knowledge to other kind of experiences and try to to influence what's going on in the landscape in that way. And I see, for instance, this is my uh, parenthesis that maybe like research, as we were talking earlier, can be a kind of uh, bridge from different stakeholders to be together and also to collect, as Alida was saying, like different information and data or add information when they are missing. And so, yeah, so the trust, who is going to lead the call. And then again, for me, it was really interesting as a researcher to, to see in practice what I was studying before going to the field uh, and try to understand it better. And a fourth point that I would make, I would say the power relations in terms who 
um, has more influence and more impact on who and on what. And I remember in this occasion when I was once in the field with Freddy, we were in a village. And, uh, and of course, we had like different meetings. We also hold a workshop in mid-February last year with like different from stakeholders from the local committee, uh, agricultural department, uh, chiefs. And, uh, but when we went to the villages, we are, uh, I also realized that I saw this big um, wall with this kind of yeah, marketing or propaganda. And actually, there was like the private sector that was not maybe uh, at the table in that occasion, uh, but was in, was in the field, was the presence was in the villages, for instance, for, I don't know, selling fertilizer rather than seeds. And so I think that is very uh, interesting and appealing to us to see that it is like a kind of double, um, double reality, something that is more uh, like superfici superficial and you can see easily and the other one is a little bit more uh, hidden. But I think these are all, yeah the challenges and the opportunities that we we are facing uh, in Calomo. And I think that also important, I realized that sustainability in terms of what's going to happen after the project is going to end. We really try, I think, um, to see uh, integrating landscape approach and co-land not as a project, but as a process. So it's very interesting uh, also for us to understand what's going to happen uh, um, after uh, this five year uh, and what, which kind of uh, interaction and collaboration um, will continue or not. And, and this is actually when I'm thinking about all this kind of point about trust, about who leads the co, about power relation um, and sustainability of the process. I think that all, all these um, points, there are, of course, uh, challenges but there are also opportunities and I think that synergy is like the main opportunity in this project for having like such an amazing uh, floor of uh, different stakeholders. Actually uh, our opportunity is that we have to um, maybe also see the reality as it is, um, try to literally accept also that there are like somehow some let's call it failures right and not only successful uh, uh, stories or projects but we can also learn more and from our um, um, fr from our difficulties that are a kind of um, yeah starting point so not just having success stories but also learning from from the failure is also important i have one um, added question actually talking about the integrated landscape approach in general not only in zambia what is the change that you wish to see? Yeah, I think it's a very good question. Thanks for, for asking that. I guess as a researcher, I would like uh, hope for more sustainability, as I was talking before, because I think that would be great to see what's going on after Coland project will end and how like people and all the stakeholders uh, that are within the landscape could continue to collaborate and to integrate different knowledges and different interests. And, and, and I also think that this is like also a question that maybe we should ask the people in the landscape as well, because I think that the most important is what they, what the stakeholder uh, from the landscape really, really desire for uh, 
their cells. Thank you, Malika. Next in line, Aleda, same question. Yeah, I agree with Malika. I think ultimately what I would like to see in the landscapes is should be defined by the stakeholders. But as a researcher, I would like to see better evidence of the landscape approach in practice and share with other practitioners like what works, what doesn't work, and just be honest about that. And uh, yeah, I would just like to see, I think the landscape approach is a great way for researchers and NGOs to do a better job at collaborating with stakeholders. And I would like to see more of that. Thank you, Alida. The last one, the only gentleman in this podcast, uh, Freddie. Uh, what do you wish to see through this uh, project? Well, I would like to see a situation where stakeholders continue to talk, continue to discuss their problems, because these are quite dynamic issues. New priorities, new opportunities do arise. Okay, I hope we can see it happen because that's always one of the biggest challenges communications among uh, the stakeholders. So I'm wishing you well for the project in Zambia and in Ghana and Indonesia, and also wishing you well for your PhD journey. Thank you all. That's a very interesting discussion. And that's all for today. For more info about Colin's project, please visit www.c4.org slash Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe on the link provided. See you on the next episodes. Bye-bye.